Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Good evening, folks. Uh, welcome to our midweek edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. I hope everyone's doing well this evening. Hopefully everybody is uh, completely dug out from that uh, ridiculous snowstorm uh, that we had here on uh, Tuesday, Monday going into Tuesday, and then pretty much all day Tuesday. I mean, it was... Yep, and the storm was still kicking my ass today. This morning, I had a very long day. Uh, <laughs> just a little quick story here on my way to work. Um, driveway was clear. Screech is pretty much clear. But I guess the plows left a pile of, I don't know, crud, like right on the apron of my driveway. And they always so pulling out. It looks like it's soft, right? It looks like it's a pile of slush. So I said, okay. So I gun it back out. Because one thing, too. Uh, my tires were as bald as uh, Isaac Hayes. So I've been kind of driving around on these bald tires for the longest. Me being the procrastinator that I am, didn't get any new tires. Um, so there's that. So I got it out the driveway and I hear this, this, I don't know, just like this grinding sound under my car. So I stopped. So that pile of slush that I thought it was, it was ice. It was it solid. Was great ice. Just straight yes, ice. ice. So I should have just kept going. But of course, when you hear something rubbed up against your car, you stop. So I stopped. And of course, with my bald tires, was stopped on an ice slick and uh, couldn't go anywhere. And I was in the middle of the street. Wow. The whole ass end out of my car was blocking the street with enough room for people to go around. So I'm sitting here looking like an idiot. Everybody <laughs> looking at me like I'm crazy. Now, so I'm looking doing? at my neighbors. Huh? They look so I'm looking at my neighbor's driveway. Everybody else's driveway is clear. Everybody zooming in and out, going about their day. And I'm sitting there looking stupid. Can't go anywhere. So I was like, well, I'll sit here and maybe the heat from the car will start to melt some of that ice. And it may take an hour or so, but it is what it is. Because um, really, to where I was, it wasn't nobody that could really help. Tow truck nothing, getting a nudge. I was like, I ain't about to go through all of that. It's finally, my neighbor sees me out there looking like an idiot. And he comes out with, um, he had one of them old school metal shovels, like one of those old coal mining shovels. He was like, come yeah. on, man, let's go. Let's get you up out of here. Well, I had an old plastic shovel. That wasn't doing nothing with all that ice. I tried the <laughs> cardboard, some cardboard boxes under everything. And it wasn't, nothing was moving. So finally, we chip away the ice. So he pushes me gets me out but then he falls and I feel horrible that he fell in the street helping me out but he was good and at that point in time I said forget work I'm going to get me some tires because I can't be out here like this yeah get to the tire place on the west side I'm over there in Parma at discount tire got a great deal but 
everybody and their mama was trying to get tired. So he was like, it's going to be a little while away. I get there by 1130. Uh, about 3.30, they finally take my car back. And I'm stuck here. I can't go nowhere. I can't get no ride. Can't nobody come get me. I'm not paying an Uber to take me back home all the way back over. To have to come all the way back. Here. Right. So I'm stuck. So me and this lady were there the whole time. So she finally gets her car, right? So I'm thinking, okay, mine should be ready in about 15 minutes. Time keeps going by, nothing. Man, about five o'clock, I look outside to what I think I see my car sitting out there ready. So I go over to the dude and I'm like, dude, what's up? And uh, he's like, uh, Sean Davis? I'm like, yeah, uh, mind you, it's 5.15. He's like, uh, your car was ready at 4.05. <laughs> uh, we, we were calling you, but the phone was going straight to voicemail. I'm like, dude, I've been sitting right here since 11.30. Why <laughs> y'all calling me and I'm sitting in the building? Right. And I don't see no missed calls. And I went to the bathroom a couple of times, but every they they, they but they're coming out calling names. And I'm waiting to hear my name. I didn't hear my name being called. And he was like, "Man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I'm like I'm like, dude, at this point, I'm just happy my car is done. Y'all gave me a good deal on my tires. Man, I got four tires for uh, with warranty and all of that for like four hundred. Oh yeah, that's a lick. So now did I get the top of the line tires? No, but you know, for what that's I need to do lick. to get me through. But right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, we are in, we're in prime. Again, we, we kind of mentioned this during a, a couple of weeks ago when the Browns were having uh, some bad weather. You know, when you live on a lake, which we do here in Cleveland, it's uh, this is prime uh, uh, lake effect snow time because the lake is not frozen over. So when that cold air comes down across, oh, yeah. The, the warm lake, it just creates this, what they call lake effect. It's an effect of the cold and the warm, and it just blows everything. Basically, Lake Erie turns into a slushy machine. Yeah. In a nutshell. It's, and it's all bad. It's all bad for us. Because the thing that we hope for, we always hope, we, we want an early freeze to freeze that doggone lake over early in the wintertime. So we don't have to worry about it. Like last year, we didn't get any. Last year, we probably got any snow at all. It, but it didn't really freeze last. It would freeze and then no. it would open up. Then it would freeze right. and it would open up. Like we have a real cold period. But I think last year was a was a decent in terms of snow. It was decent. It was I mean, if you think about it, man. I think this one snow we had Tuesday was probably more than we got all last winter. I, I believe so. It was people who said they got like twenty inches, yeah. twenty inches. I think man, we got about at least twelve, and it was yeah, literally about, two feet. About a foot or so here. It was two feet of snow drift on my car. I literally had to take the shovel to get the snow off my car. That's how bad it was over here. So yeah. I mean, it's always more uh, a little worse, in, more inland. I'm living. I basically live. I live about roughly about a mile from the lake, so it wasn't yeah, as. For some bad. reason, y'all don't get hit as hard. I don't. I don't understand that. Why Euclid in that area don't, don't get hit as hard as everybody else? Well, if you go out to a little further east, if you, you, it, it well, yeah, and the snowball manor, yeah. But that's how it blows across. And I think right. we're right at that point where it starts blowing across. So as it comes across us, like as we go further west, people further west didn't have the west side, they don't get any. Yeah. But we got for us to get the type of snow we got, I knew everybody else was kind of hit. So, but uh here we are, midweek. We made it. Everybody's safe, everybody's uh sound thankfully thankfully because it didn't have to go that way so you know praise the lord 
Um, but we are on the brink and the cusp as sports fans of a pretty big game. Uh, I just was chatting with Sean a little bit ago because if you can see my face, I'm sure you guys can. I'm kind of giddy and excited because for the first time in a long time, the Browns are playing an important game in December. Uh, they're playing an important game against an important opponent in December right. as well. So it's not just, oh, we win this game like we won't, like last week when we were playing against the Jags, or we got to win this game to keep pace. This is, you know, like a game where you're playing and facing a playoff caliber team, a team that's going to be tough to put out because yep. of how they're built. And that team and the game that they need the game as well. They need the game just as bad as we everybody. Do. Hey, we all need this game because they 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 haven't wrapped up their division. They, they had a big win last week against a division rival, but they haven't wrapped up their division yet. So this game is huge. You got two eight and three teams, the Browns uh, going into uh, Nashville against uh, the eight and three Titans, as, as I just said. And it's going to be a pretty big game and I'm pretty excited I'm pretty uh I'm nervous I haven't been nervous for a Browns game in a long time but I got those those weird butterflies that you yeah exactly right we gotta we gotta pull it's, it's, this it's that anticipation like, yeah I feel you like get that feeling like, like you don't yeah like I don't feel very confident going into this game only because of our defense if our defense was a little better I would feel a little better but well, just thinking about Derrick Henry, man, and Derrick Henry is one of my favorite running backs to watch in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Just, just from his pure size, speed, he runs with with a kind of a grace. You know, he's very graceful for a guy that big. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how bad our defense is. We can't stop these regular guys out here, let alone him. And, you know, I'm looking about, about the third or fourth quarter, they start wearing down. You know, I might turn into the Derrick Henry show. Right. So, well. Um, we are, you you kind of you kind of hit on it, but let's let's go ahead and get into the overview of the game, man. Um, as Sean just pointed out, actually, I'll, I'll do I'll do a bigger overview. Sean gave us one half of it, but I'll give I'll give a, a complete overview. We actually have two of the best running teams, running offenses, in the National Football League, bumping heads uh, coming on Sunday. Yep. The Browns are the Browns are right there uh, because of our running game, and uh, the Titans are right there because of their running game. Uh, we also have a clashing, which is rare anymore, because it, within the last couple of years they've given away the whole thing about the running backs. Now the running backs are coming back to being important in the NFL. So for the first time in what you can remember, you have. An elite running back versus an elite running back. And, of course, they don't play against each other. But we got two of the best running backs in the game going against each other in Nick Chubb and uh, Derrick Henry. They both have similar running styles, but they're both different kinds of backs. You know, uh, Derrick Henry is, is, a, is a north-south guy, just like Nick Chubb is a north-south guy. They're both tough to tackle. Uh, they're both very shifty. I think Nick Chubb has better eyes. His vision is much better. Um, that's not a knock on Derrick Henry because I, I just think Derrick Henry knows what he's doing. And he's got a pretty good offensive line in front of him. 
Uh, but Nick Chubb can get out of – he doesn't have many negative runs. And no. for a guy his size, you know, Derrick Henry is just a big dude. He's the size of most linebackers and even potentially some of the, the defensive linemen that are chasing. And on top of that, he already has almost 1,300 yards already. Yeah, already. Already. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, uh, Nick is over 1,000 yards, and he missed four games. So that, again, is another testament to how good. So when people say, oh, I don't think they're equal, they ain't necessarily equal, but Nick ain't less than this guy. Last year, guess who the, the two guys were fighting for the league lead? These same two dudes. Yep. It was the same and, two and dudes. Thanks to Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Dumbass. Nick to get his rushing title. Freddie Dumbass. But, you know, so here we are in this game. And let me tell you, you guys something. Derrick Henry is a monster. Uh, for those of you who may not know anything about Derrick Henry, I mean, this dude is – like 6'2", 6'3", like 235, 240 pounds. But he could run as fast as a guy my size, 5'10", 190 pounds. And he's strong as an ox. You know, he's got solid vision. He's got a good offensive line. He's going to be a problem. And I agree with Sean. I, I'm nervous about what we're going to do against him. Uh, he, as Sean pointed out, he's got 1,300 yards, 1,300 plus yards. Uh, going into this game. Uh, so he is the apparent league leader in rushing. Um, last week he ran against the Colts defense that is supposed to be pretty decent against the run. He ran for 178 yards and three touchdowns on 27 carries. Stupid. It's ridiculous. Right. So that's stupid. Uh, a couple weeks ago they played uh, – they played – uh, the Ravens, didn't they? And he ran rough shot over them, too. I think so. Yeah, they beat the Ravens in overtime. Yeah. And the Ravens kind of held them in check. And the Ravens held them in check they for did three quarters. Time. They did a good and job. In the fourth quarter, overtime, he, he took they over. They did a good job. But when it came down to it, like you said a little bit ago, it gets to a point in the game where you just, this dude is just kind of coming at you. He's just going to keep coming. And they know it, uh, Tennessee. Uh, their coach is the old school kind of guy. He's he don't he he thinks like old school guys, like pound that ball in their face. And we keep pounding that ball in their face. Eventually, they're gonna break, especially with this dude running at them, because right. you just get tired of tackling a guy that's as big as you and is hitting you as hard as you're hitting him. You know, so. Uh, Moving away from the from the from the run game, you got Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not a great quarterback, but he's a solid quarterback who's kind of rejuvenated himself. You know what? Uh, and and that shows you what coaching can do. Absolutely. And if you think about it, I just thought about this: the way Tennessee brought Tannehill along. Is similar to what I kind of see Stefanski doing with Mayfield. Remember, I said a couple of weeks ago, yep, where I said because Mayfield has learned a new offense, they're bringing, they're treating him like a rookie. Mm -hmm. So if you remember when Tannehill got to Tennessee that first year, because he took over for Mariota, this was was it last year? It was last year. Last year it was the middle of last year. Middle of last year, yeah, just been on last year. Tannehill, they were hardly throwing the football. 
matter of fact, we all thought Tannehill was going to be a liability. I think in the playoff game when they beat Baltimore, no, New England, he had something, what, 80 yards passing? Yeah. Something like that. Didn't have that many more against um, Baltimore. And then against KC, he had a little bit more. But now that he's gotten, he's been in the offense for a year, now he's more comfortable. Now they're letting him, um, letting them loose a little bit more. So now if you put try to put eight, nine in a box to stop Henry, they got two a pretty good receiving core. You got Corey yeah. Davis, you got yeah. um, A.J. Brown, who's a very physical uh, receiver. Um, there's somebody else in that receiving core, too, that's pretty decent. They got a couple of good tight ends, too. Yeah, so, they got decent tight ends. They have very decent tight ends. <clears throat> right. So um, it's going to be a tough order, man. I think the Browns, number one, because I was looking at a couple of things here. Um, they're going to have to force some turnovers on defense. At least, at least one. Either that or you're going to need a special teams play. Because so I'm looking at Tennessee stats here like their turnover differential. Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over. So they're um, tied for second in the NFL and uh, giveaway takeaway ratio. They're plus 11. So they've only turned the ball over five times. So Tannehill has thrown four interceptions and they only have one fumble as opposed to the Browns where um, the Browns have we actually have more takeaways than Tennessee by one. Um, Tennessee has 16 takeaways. We have 17. But lately, we've had a turnover bug. So we have seven interceptions, um, thrown seven interceptions and five fumbles. So that's going to be a huge key. Like, we cannot turn the ball over. And we're going to have to somehow force a turnover um, from Tennessee because I don't think going mono for mono, score for score, I don't think that we're going to be able to do that with them. Like in a boxing match. I don't think think we can stand stand and go toe-to-toe with them at this point in our development. I think think eventually we're going to have to have something else occur. Like you said, I think whether it's a a punt return, kickoff return, a fumble punt, I mean, excuse me, fumble or block field goal, something. Yeah, something. something to turn like the you're going to have to get something else happening because of how how that situation goes. Now, they have a decent offensive line, um, as, I, as I said before. Like, Tannehill is one of the least sacked people in the league, uh, uh, sacked quarterbacks in the league, being mm-hmm. more specific. Um, they also run the, as we know, they run the ball really, really well. So that offensive line is is solid. Uh, but you know that's kind of a staple. Mike Vrabel is kind of an old school thinker in terms of how to how to play football. You know, I think he came from that uh, the old school Big Ten uh, three yards in a cloud of dust type of theory, right? You know, because he was at Ohio State uh, during his college career when that was still what we did like we just we, we pound you pound you pound you pound you you rarely had receivers getting over a thousand yards and, and, and 10 12 touchdowns that was rare back when Vrabel played and I think then he went to ended up in uh with the Patriots and it was the same thing like it was similar like we just got to run when we need to run we got smart quarterback play it's a simple uh, uh theory but it's hard to implement, but I think they're doing it there. 
They got yeah, good especially in today's NFL and every and everybody is pass happy. Yeah, everybody wants to pass. It's hard to have that. But uh, you have to you have to understand that at the end of the day, you can throw all over the goddamn field. But at the end of the day, you have to play playoff football because playoff football is what's going to get you through. And right. he understood or understands, especially being in having come from uh, uh, New England, you're going to have to play in some cold weather. You're going to have to play against, you know, good defenses. You're going to have to play some nasty, sloppy, ugly games. And you're going to have to win. But that's something that I kept harping on about the Browns, that we have to learn how to compete in those ugly games, in those tough uh, games to uh, get past. So that's something that they're really good at. So let's switch gears real quick to the Browns. Um, the Browns run run defense is not great. It's it's average, but guess what? So is Tennessee's run defense. They're average. Yeah, their defense is very average. Like, and Tennessee doesn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback either. They don't get they don't get much quarterback pressure at all. Um, of course, we'll go we'll go into our wheelhouse and grab out our biggest tool, which is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is on par, right with Derrick Henry, uh, to me in terms of his ability and, and in terms of what he's capable of. Oh, no doubt. Uh, so no doubt. I, I'm not taking no back seats at all. Like, I don't think we're taking a back seat at all in no. terms of talent. Uh, you know, we're not like hoping our, our kind of mediocre guy's gonna just show up. We got a stud just like they have a stud. Um, last week, Nick ran for what, 144 yards? 144 on 19 carries. Seven and a half yards a carry, right? So the potential for him to do that again is, is right there. So I think what's going to end up happening is the potential that the run games kind of are a wash. And, and, we, and we're going to need, need that too. We're going to yeah, need that because we, we need to keep them off the field. We, 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 we need to keep our defense off the field and we need to keep Derrick Henry off the field mm -hmm. as much as possible. I think it's going to be game, this game may come down to whoever has the ball last. It could, you know, will win uh, one type, you know, one of those type of games, man. Also, uh, it's going to be forty-seven degrees right around kickoff. Uh, forty-seven degrees, partly cloudy. Uh, not any weather effects that should affect the game. Nothing okay. that should affect the game. So we're looking at a, another kind of Jacksonville type situation where. Nothing bad is happening on with the weather. The wind ain't out of control. It's not rainy. It's not slippery. So you should get some some decent uh, play out of everyone. Uh, last week, my guy uh, Juice Landry went for I think this was his first hundred yard game last week. Um, it was. So my thought is that he feels better. He feels a little healthier because I know he's been uh, banged up all year. Uh, and he's been slowed basically by his surgery, you know, off-season surgery, only to get a, a broken rib or two. So he's been in a bad spot uh, physically. Last week, it was good to see him kind of, you know, moving around like we expect to see uh, Juice moving right. around. 
uh, you know, getting loose. Uh, here's something that I didn't know too. I'm just going running down all of the overview stuff before we get to our actual keys. The Browns are six and one in games uh, that Nick Chubb has played in. I didn't realize we were that positive on the win side this season. We're six and one yeah. in the games that Nick has played in because Nick's effect on a game is so r- ridiculous for us. You know, like to us, he is like a like a uh, he like your sawed off shotgun. You want to go to a gunfight and you see guys shooting at, at you with a little handgun and you got this sawed off. You're like, yeah, I see where they shooting from. Clap, clap, boom. You know, right. Like, and he's that guy. He's the guy that's like, boom. You thought you was going to stop this guy. You thought you had that whole He's club. flat out. You know what? And the weird thing about Nick Chubb, he just flat out the heart and soul of the football team. Well, doesn't say more than two words. He don't say nothing. And I'm trying to think of somebody Dude. that's. That's kind of comparable in the past, really but I can't nobody. think anybody like that. It's two people who I could think of off the top of my head that he kind of reminds me of, but I don't think that's enough. Like, I was thinking Kawhi Leonard, like a quiet guy that don't say a lot, but you just kind of show up when you need to show up. But I don't think that's enough. I think he's better. The difference than, is, too, like Kawhi has a huge ego. And that's what, um, and that's why I said yeah, I think Nick, Nick doesn't show the ego. I think right. it's different. I think Nick don't care. Like he won uh, this week. He won like the Snickers. Uh, yeah, Oakland. I saw the commercial. He said like, like he didn't want to do it. <laughs> you know, he like, in the snow, with the with the stadium behind him, just like <laughs> with the <laughs> <thing> on, like. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was yeah, crazy. Like, get me out of here. Like, yeah, right. like, man, come on. But at the same time, it still was, like, so Cleveland because he in the snow, no hat. He just standing there like, yeah, I got it. So now what? Let's go. Let's keep it moving. Because right. in my mind, I'm like, why the hell yeah. are these dudes at the stadium anyway right now? Y'all need to be at Berea and then go home. Right. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a right. snowstorm. What are y'all doing? Right. You know what I mean? And you a Georgia boy. I know you don't want no parts of this stuff. But well, I do know that Nick Chubb stays over there though. Um I Ubered, I picked up his either his sister, his aunt, or his mama. I don't know okay. what, what, what relation she was to him. Huh? That's far. Downtown is far from Berea, bro. Yeah, so I picked her up at the airport. And she, uh, Nick Chubb stays down, those apartments down on West Ninth. Yeah, I, I'm saying that's far from. Yeah, it is. Berea, like that's that's a hike. I understand why why uh, why Tito stay at the nine. It's right around the corner from where you about to go to work. But homie, I know when Braylon was in town, and I, and Braylon wasn't the only one because so did uh, K two and a bunch of other guys. They all stay out of Avon and Westlake because it's yeah. That's where most of the Browns players stay. That's where most of the athletes in Cleveland stay. But he got a whole new crop of them now that want to stay downtown. I think uh, Higgins is downtown. I guess some of those guys who don't want to invest in the house and stuff like that. Downtown is popping too. It's a lot to do downtown anymore. Anymore. Kyrie stayed downtown for a while before he bought a house. He stayed across the hall from my brother actually. Um, Okay. Right there on uh, on Euclid. Uh, between Euclid and Prospect, it's a builder down there. Right. But, I know uh, what you're talking about. 
But uh, also, as we go back into the Browns talk, Miles Garrett, he'll be back this week. Uh, so I'm hoping he opens up the script. And he should him. be hungry. Yeah, he yeah, should be I'm nice and hungry, so. missing two games. Because I watched, the, uh, I was watching the, the Steelers and, and the Ravens game yesterday, and I know you hate watching the Steelers-Ravens uh, games, but I watched it with a purpose. I always watch those games with a purpose because I feel like those teams are good teams, and I want my team to be a good team. So what are they doing? Like, what do I see in this game? However, to, yesterday was one of those times where I was watching the game thinking to myself, when we play them, we need to do this. Oh, I see. Yeah, that. Right. I see that's working. They they do this when they do like Pittsburgh has a really quick. Ben don't get touched because Ben throws the ball quick. Within three seconds, the ball is out. It's out. He already knows yep. where he's going. And he I noticed too. I noticed his arm strength has diminished quite a bit. Oh, for sure, for sure. He doesn't have the same arm strength. For sure. Um, but the 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 thing I noticed the most between those two teams is just just being physical on defense, mm -hmm. just bringing wood. Like on offense, they don't do anything crazy. They don't of course, do you know, the Ravens do the, of course, the run option with you know, Lamar Jackson when he's healthy, which but is listen, easy to defend, but it's not it's not anything that, I'll it's not this. a Kansas City type offense. I'll say this. The fact that those guys had gotten down to their, uh, what's the third string quarterback's name? I had it on the tip of my hand. McSorley. McSorley. The fact that you can go down to 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 McSorley and you were in that game says something about how that offense is run. It says something about the team too. Like the team just kept performing, whether it was RG3, whether it was McSorley, they didn't care. We gotta catch this ball. We gotta run this ball. They ran well against excuse me they ran well against a really good Steelers run defense I was watching the types of runs that they were doing like so they're doing real short runs real quick decisive runs it was no they didn't have the Ravens didn't have a long drawn out play all of their plays were quick because that's how you got to play against the Ravens the Browns have a lot of long drawn out plays, and that plays a problem right. in how we, how we right. uh, affects how we approach those games. Now I digress. Miles Garrett is back. <laughs> Did I say that already? Yes, he is. The script club should be open. We were looking for opportunities and things that we were going to need coming into this game. Ooh. Yeah, man, it's it's a man up time, man. It's 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 truly now. If we lose the game, what is, it, is it the end of the world? No. And if you win the game, is it going to propel us to the Super Bowl? No. no. But but it's definitely it's a litmus test because Tennessee already laughing at us still from last year when they came in here and punched us in the mouth. Listen, I was All at that, that game, hype and they came in and they embarrassed us. I was at that game and I'm gonna tell you something. I was there too. It was the most energy I'd seen in that stadium in a long time, or maybe ever. For all of for all the 15 minutes. And <laughs> we we weren't we weren't out of the game. Like the end score, I think it was like 42-17 or something like that. It was close until that long run. Was, I think Henry got a screen pass a and screen pass to the house. And they threw to Derrick Henry, uh Mariota. But Mariota was doing something that I kept saying that they needed to do with 
um, with with uh, Baker. He just short everything short. Uh, real quick, short. Boom, 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 boom. So a second and six. It was never second and ten. It was never second and thirteen. Second no, it and wasn't. Seven. It was second and four. You know, it's third and one. You know what I mean? Like they put themselves. Yeah, in just made everything really manageable. Good. They made the down and distance manageable. Made everything for the whole game. Meanwhile, we were committing penalties like it was going out of style. Eighteen penalties that 18, game. I think that was a record, NFL record, yeah. something like that. Eighteen penalties that game. So they're well coached. We have to be on our A game. I said this last week. We can't do dumb shit that will take points off the board. We can't make dumb play. On third and one, if I see these dudes do another wheel route uh, to try to get third, I'm going to slap the shit out of somebody. I know. And just I'm, be in Browns, just be physical. We need you, got, just, you know what? You don't just have to be physical. I agree with you. You got to be physical. But, man, these dudes need to be physical, and they also need to be mentally ready for yeah, smart being thrown at them. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready. Like, you got to go into this game like, yo, this is for the playoffs. This is for, you know, that Kevin Stefanski one game at a time type nonsense. That should have got to be out the window this week. Because this is, if you lose this game, it ain't the end of the world. Let's let's be clear. We got a two-game lead over uh, the Ravens. We have a two-game lead over the Raiders. But guess what we won't have when we lose this game? A two-game lead unless they lose again. I don't think either one of them are going to lose again. And not both of them. So you have to, and the Colts, but we beat the Colts. So I, I'm not worried about Look at that tiebreaker, right? And so, Miami's right behind us, too. But Miami's right behind us. You have to play like you want this game. And if we lose and we play like we wanted this game, I'm fine with that. If we go into this game and get blew out like we've gotten blown out in the Ravens game and like we've gotten blown out against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. It's not going to be a good Sunday. It's not going to be a good Sunday uh, edition of this show if we get blown out and i mean if we get blown out looking horrible now we get blown out and we did everything right and just couldn't stop Derek henry or something like that we do know that we don't have a good defense so maybe i'll be a little bit different right basically in a nutshell don't be out there looking scared that's it there you go there you go don't, don't be out there looking like the moment is too big for you there you go that's it that's it. Like I, I don't want to see Baker out there triple clutching, scared, scared to let the ball go, because he's done that in the past in big games. Mm-hmm. Just, just let it go, man. Just, just let it rip. Don't be stupid with it. Lig, just, just play. Lig. So let's move into the keys for a potential uh, Browns win on Sunday. I'm gonna let you start, Sean. Um, one, I believe that we need to force turnovers either force turnovers or have um, uh, some type of special teams play, uh, be it a kickoff return, punt return, block something. We need something that's going to turn the tide of the game. Um, the other key is um, I'm going I'm to be corny here. I'm going to go old school. You remember when the, the Chicago White Sox games on WGN with, with uh, Hawk Harrelson and his yeah. pick the click before the game? 
Well, I'm, I, my, my pick and click is we're going to need uh, Hollywood. Hollywood's been kind of quiet last couple of games. We're going to need Holly. Uh, we need Hollywood to have a big game because what I'm noticing is without Odell, we don't have a deep threat. We, we don't really take shots downfield. We take a few, you know, with Hodge and we got a couple with, with, with Higgins, but I think it's time for Hollywood to have that signature breakout game. They're going to be paying attention to juice underneath. And I think Hollywood, on top of what Chubb, we know what Chubb is going to do. We need another receiver, somebody else in that receiving core to step up big um, along with juice. So um, I think the keys to the game, I said we need a, 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 some type of turnover or big special teams play. Um, and I think we need Hollywood Higgins to have a big game. Because um, if you can get him to draw some attention from the defense, that'll open up everything else. So, so that's what kind of what I'm looking um, forward to this Sunday. Okay. Uh, I didn't have Hollywood down, you know, as you know one of my uh, one of my keys, but I can see the importance of that. I can see why and what that could cause. And you know Hollywood is one of Baker's favorite guys, so let's hope that they've schemed up some stuff to get Rashard open. And, and honestly, Rashard was open a couple times last week. They just didn't throw him the ball. You know, it's, to be honest with you, Rashard is almost always open. I don't know what he mm -hmm. does that's different from what everybody else does, but Rashard seems to find a way to be open most of the time. So, um, and he's on the cusp, man. I really hope the Browns um, resign him. I got a feeling that they won't, but I really hope that the Browns resign him and bring him back because I think he's really on the verge of being maybe not a top-notch number one receiver, but, but that bro, next level right underneath. Because you can see the talent, but for some reason, he's not have, able to. If you have a healthy OBJ and you got a juice. And you got a Rashad. That's a formidable three cats that's coming at you. And exactly, Juice don't care where he lines. Juice is a football player. Jarvis right. don't care where he lines up at. He like, man, you can line me up inside, outside, slot. I don't care. Am I the number one? Am I the number three? Just give me the ball. I don't care where I get it at. Like Jarvis is like Chubb. He's a football player. He came yep. to play football today. I don't care how you get me the ball. I don't care when you get me the ball. My only concern is that you get me the ball. Like that's Juice and 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 Nick are the two guys on the team that are like that. They're the two only two guys on the team that are like that. Like they they don't care. Give me my helmet. Give me my pads. Give me my jersey. Let me go. That's their okay. attitude. That's their attitude. And so to, to see the potential of, of Rashard, who, again, he has been effective when he's been out on the field. I want to, I, you, you're right. I think we need to see somebody else step up. Somebody else got to catch those balls because after the game that uh, the homie had last week, Juice had last week, they're going to be over, over the top of him. Somebody else is going to have to step up. So I yeah, agree. they're not going to respect any our speed. They, they don't think anybody can take the top off the defense. No, nah. at nah. all. 
Uh, I'm gonna tell you somebody else too that may be a factor, and that's in Joku. You somebody else that's been quiet. Let's hope, and especially with and with with the uh, the rookie. I keep forgetting his name. What's the Harrison Bryant? Yeah, Harrison Bryant. With him, with his fumbling issues lately, he can catch. He just can't hold on to the ball. He just can't hold on to the ball. Um, you know, he may see like a little bit less clock. And and Joku, we may need your services as well. You know, agree to to step Agreed. up and 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 make some plays. So agree. This is a game that this this is just one of those classic man up games. And I want and I need my Browns to make the city proud because this is we not the so national good. game. Here's another thing too: the Browns are going under the radar. You see, people kind of mention this: oh, the Browns are eight and three, but. Normally, this would be a marquee matchup. This would be like yeah. a four thirty game. If this were not. the Ravens, if this were the Ravens and and Titans from a couple weeks ago, they would have moved this right. to a, a spot where everybody or the Pittsburgh right. Steelers because because the four thirty game, the four thirty game isn't really even all that good to be honest with you. So this is kind of a sign of showing like like the national media. Are really saying we really don't don't respect you, Cleveland, well, enough to they're, put because every time because and I think yeah, because they're they're looking at every time we put you guys on national TV, you get blown out. But and I think we're not doing that. our defense too. I think the defense not necessarily being uh the you know an elite defense. We got we have some some solid players, and we actually have some elite players on our defense. We just don't have an elite defense like. Overall, the whole shebang. Right. So, so, so I check this out, man. Check this out. So the the Jim Nance game, the Jim Nance Tony Rome game this week is the Eagles and the Packers. Really? So so you you want to take that game? Eagles and over Packers. the Browns and Titans. Yes, the, the, the Eagles and Packers Eagles. over the Browns and Titans. Eagles. So that's Eagles like, the Eagles is like full five and one, something like that. Ex exactly. So they're they're telling the Browns that we don't respect you yet. You haven't done it. You haven't proven to us. And we haven't. Let's be honest, bro. And Let's that's good. Real. Let's be real. We haven't. So I'm not and gonna sit up and act like we're you know because we have a winning season you know now or today or whatever. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like we deserve to get all the, all the pub. And you're right. And I agree with you 100. percent But. I want the Browns to I want the players to feel disrespected. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? This is a, a man up type game. Like, where's your pride? You have any I'm type of pride you. in yourself. I'm with that you. Can, can you step it up and take on one, one of the so-called elites? And I'm with you. Even if you don't beat them, at least at least compete with them and you let you know that you're here. But see, that's the thing. So far, whatever level of disrespect that they're giving us. We haven't shown up. We played the two guys that we have on our. Here's the thing that I've been I've consistently said to every Pittsburgh fan: the Browns have beat everybody. Y'all beat. I mean, you know, we beat them all. Everybody that you guys have beaten, we've beaten. Now we did lose to the Ravens. Y'all beat the Ravens. That's good for y'all. But we beat all the other teams that y'all beat. So how are y'all so much better? Well, here's the thing. They beat everybody who's shown up in front of them. Same thing I say about the Browns. You got to beat whoever shows up in front of you. Correct? Correct. Right. So 
as you continue to evolve into a team that's worthy of the premier game, the four o'clock game, you got to start showing your medal. You have to, especially since they gave us so much love last year and all we did was stink up the, the spot all last year. Every yeah, uh, big game. Every, every single one of them. Even Short the Jets game we won, we still flopped. The only game that we didn't know was the Monday Night Football game against the Jets. And we did beat the Steelers last year, by the way. Right. Uh, well, here's something else, too. Yeah, here's something else, too. The Browns-Jets game was supposed to be on a Saturday. Kind of like a spotlight game. On a Saturday. They moved it, right? And, but they, they kept it. Like, that was OBJ's return to MetLife Stadium. Well, he had his return to MetLife Stadium. No, that's just that, last year. That's what I'm saying. That was his return. To, you talking about this year against the Jets? This year. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah we, 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 we played the Jets and the Giants. Actually, we put the Jets and the Giants back to back. I got the Jets you. game was tentative. And it's like, okay, we're going to put that on the Saturday. That's kind of like a, a de facto national game for the Browns or whatnot. I said, talking about last year. I got you. I got you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're going to go ahead and put that and put that on a, on a Sunday too at one o'clock. So we'll see how that goes, man. Um, go ahead. Did you finish with all your keys? Uh, I didn't go to my keys at all. I was just kind oh, of okay. on, that we're on the table uh, on what you had said. Um, but so again, I'm my, my keys are kind of boring always, but they're basic because I think you have to do the basic stuff to get these games to where you want them to go. I just I, I had to comment on what you said about somebody else showing up because I did not put that in mind. And that was a great, to me, that was a great key. Somebody else got to show up. Maybe it could be Richard. That's awesome. But the run game has to do with the run game has done. We cannot have an off day uh, this week. We cannot have an off day this week. We have to bust tail this week. Nick Chubb has to be Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has to be the Nick Chubb that we expect, he has to be the Nick Chubb that we want as well. But I'll tell you something else. Kareem Hunt needs to be Kareem Hunt. He's averaging four and a half yards a carry on the season. This team is giving up the Titans. That is, their defense is giving up about four and a half yards per carry. We need this run game to be what the run game is going to be and what it has been in order to offset whatever Derrick Henry is going to do. And I'll get to that part in a second. So that's my first thing is the run game. The second thing, Baker has his second straight decent weather game. Decent weather. I'm not expecting Baker to go out and throw for 300 yards. I'm not expecting Baker to go out and throw for 10 touchdowns or any of that nonsense. But you have the opportunity, you have the space. This team doesn't get after the quarterback that way. This team doesn't, you know, uh, do any schemey type of stuff. You have the opportunity, Baker, to just make the regular throws that we need in order for our team to be in the best positions that we need to be in. The game he played last week, to me, was perfect. That was a perfect game. Everybody else won't say that. I will. It was a good game. That was perfect. I need you to do that. Don't turn the ball over. 
throw touchdowns when you need to throw touchdowns. Don't miss guys. I need you to not miss guys, though. Don't miss guys. When you got Hollywood in the, in the end zone, just line that thing up. Because guess what? In this game, if you can get those same types of looks and those same types of avenues, which I think they're going to give you, because they don't want the problem that they're going to have out of this run game, which is why, to me, this is a key. Baker, you got to make those throws, bro. They're going to put the game in your hands. You got to yep. make these throws. So, Baker, you got to make these throws, put the game out of reach so that they can stop running with uh, with 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 Derrick Henry. And guess what you got? Ryan Tannehill trying to win a game for you. That's the perfect setup if I've ever heard a perfect setup. Well, we got to play almost perfect in this game. Uh, my third key is the defense. Ah, we're so average, and to, we're average to below average, to be honest. Our numbers are average. When you look at them, we're 10th in yards per carry, and I think we're 9th in yards per game, like 108 yards per game. This dude ain't yeah, going to get 108 yards per game. He getting ready to go berserk. That's kind of my thought process. But I'm going to need them to not give up when because this ain't everybody else you've seen all year. This dude, it, it's like playing against Jordan. You know what I mean? Jordan going to get his 50, but you can't get discouraged because Jordan got 50. It's Jordan. Get this, Look, get discouraged if uh, Brent Price got 50. Now I'm starting right. to be discouraged. Right. But you have to understand who this guy is. You have to understand what this guy is. And if he gets five, six, seven yards per carry, you kind of got to not, not saying to yourself, oh, we can't stop him. But you at least got to say to yourself, well, he is that good. We got to figure out a way to yes. stop him. On the like third Mac more. Wilson, we need yeah. you this guy. All y'all guys. Listen, I follow all y'all guys. On They've been talking a lot of trash and this, I that, and the third. To get in them pockets. And I need y'all to get in, get your hands on those balls. I need y'all to get into those spots that y'all haven't been in. Andrew Zendejo, if, if you have one bone <laughs> in your body that's even remotely decent in terms of playing football, I need you to show that on Sunday, sir. I really do. I need this defense to show up. Y'all have to be the staunchest that y'all have ever been because this is huge because you win this game. I tell you what, y'all don't want to see that. When when we play the Ravens in, in two weeks? Next week. We play them next, next the week after so, this so one. We got yeah. this game and then we got the – listen, the Ravens are watching and they done lost three in a row. They are watching. If y'all show bullshit in this game, the Ravens gonna come in thinking they can run rough shot on you. I know you don't mm -hmm. want to think past this game, but bro, you gotta think about it. It's like somebody stealing your lunch. Somebody come in and take your Doritos, and everybody in the in the lunchroom saw this dude take your Doritos, and you ain't do nothing. Like the Gooch. The Gooch coming to take your Doritos, and so <laughs> look, look, and so and so is uh Dudley, and so wait a minute, <laughs> you know. All them Wait a minute. Hey, dude, the Gooch was so cold, he had Arnold custom ordering his sandwiches. 
No, no, it wasn't the gooch. It was it was those two bullies. Listen, remember he said he wanted the corned beef on rye. He had them go. <laughs> first of all, he look, was ordering. He was I'm gonna ordering tell you his own lunch sandwich. But look, I'm gonna tell you how cold the gooch actually was, though. The gooch never was on screen. Never. But we know who the gooch is. <laughs> That's how dope the gooch was. The gooch was the the damn bully extraordinaire, dog. Every bully wants to be the gooch, man. Where they make a storyline about a dude that don't even exist. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, damn, the gooch coming? Oh man, here, here. Like the gooch was the first Debo. He was. The gooch was the first Debo. Like, oh man, here come the gooch. Here, put all your stuff in this box. <laughs> Dudley, man, don't don't pay to get on the bus because the gooch is right behind you, dog. You pull your money out, he's gonna take it all. You know what oh, I mean? Man. But uh okay, so that so so bro, give me your uh prediction for the game in terms of the score. Uh the, the line is five and a half in favor of the Titans. It's in the that again. It's I'm going to go. Um, I hate picking against my boys, but I'm going to go Tennessee 27, Browns 21. I think going to be close, but I think they'll, you know, they'll they'll pull away at the end of the game. Well, I'm going to stick to my my guns. I believe that my Browns will prevail. 31 to 28, because I think okay. both of these defenses are not great. They're, they're, they're mediocre. So there's opportunities for both offenses to have, uh, to break through and to have, you know, good plays and, and, and potentially uh, big plays. So I'm expecting uh, both running backs to play well. I'm expecting both offensive lines to play well. It's just going to be a momentum game, and I think you're right. I think it's going to be a kind of a back and forth. We're going to be on the edge of our – I hope that we're going to be on the edge of our seats. I hope it's not going to be a blowout. Um, but that's what I see, 31-28 rounds. All right. All right, so, so what is next on the docket? Let's stay on football real quick, real quick, because I got questions. So – some years ago, we drafted a kid who had a lot of ability and a lot of talent. Nobody really understood why we drafted. Well, I think people understood why we drafted. I think I know where you're going with this. But people didn't know why on the same page. we drafted him. All this dude did, he's a 6'3 kid, 230 pounds, one of the, one of the Freakish, I've met him personally. I've talked to him personally. I've had discussions with this guy personally. He's one of the most freakish specimens that I've ever actually athletically ever encountered in my life. Like I was, and I've met LeBron before and I ain't saying that LeBron ain't a freakish special, uh, specimen. But in terms of football, I was just like, wow, look at this dude talking about Josh Gordon for you guys that are a little bit confused. Josh, when he was in Cleveland, was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, and I didn't understand why we drafted the kid. He was in trouble in college. Uh, he was down in Baylor, 
uh, correct? And yep. He had, you know, Baylor is known for, <laughs> let's be honest, <laughs> most Texas colleges, SMU and Baylor, are known for. SMU is the only college that ever got the death sentence. <laughs> like, <All> but right. <laughs> Baylor ain't that far away from SMU. So they all have that same, you know, uh, they have uh, alumni or alumnus that have a lot of money. So it's a lot of problems at those colleges. And to be completely honest, Josh was involved in a lot of stuff from substance abuse to uh, potential other issues that he had in college. So I was wondering why we drafted this kid. But when I met him, when I met him, I said to myself, I said, so this dude is different. He is huge. His hands are huge. And I had an opportunity to stand there and talk to him. And I said, I said, hey, bro, can I talk? He was with his brother and I asked his brother, can I talk to him? brother said yeah go ahead I have a conversation with this guy and I say yo what's uh what you think you can do for the Browns man he looked me squarely in the face and he said to me they just need to get me the ball I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard (laughs) (laughs) I did I'm like just get you the ball? He was like, yeah, just give me the ball. Like, if they give me the ball, he said, I know what they often say, and I know I got the playbook. I go over all that stuff all the time. But if they give me the ball, we're going to be all right. I I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. I didn't bite. I didn't buy it. I didn't. Like, I was like, okay, all right, man. You're good to meet you, boom, boom, boom. But when I gave him a pound, you know, I was like, man, this dude is – He's got some size about himself. Listen, all he did was commence to having those, what was that, three 200-yard games in a row? Yeah, something like that. Like, Jerry Rice didn't have that. The greatest in the, in the, in the world, he didn't have that. Chris Carter didn't have that. One of the greatest wide receivers I've ever seen in terms of catching and Stephen Largent didn't have that. This dude had that. 16, 17 touchdowns. Almost almost 1,800 yards for no reason. With one of the worst quarterbacking crew on earth. So I understand what the talent actually is. Here's what I don't understand. How in the hell... Is this dude still in the league? <laughs> Man, he this is he been reinstated what for the sixth time? This is I mean, are you Seven? kidding me? It's ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. Listen, America, Ohio, Cleveland, I am not hating. I'm not hating at all. Not even in the smallest sense of hating. I'm not hating. I am confused though. Because in most cases and in most senses, you don't get this. You Most don't guys get, get two strikes. Come That's on, it. bro. They get suspended once like that. Then the second time they do it, they're pretty much out the league. What the Maybe they'll get a third time. You know what? So, so some guys have gotten three chances, but not six like Josh. This is crazy. 
listen, this he got about suspended. Four, he got about four chances while he was with us. He got drafted what in 2012 with the Browns, yep. and he's yep. been getting literally suspended. He's been suspended every he year, since. every year, From every season. 2012 to 2020. This dude has had some Damn type of suspension. And somehow he's back with the Seahawks for the last two games of the season. Well, no, Bro, yeah, last two games of the season. Yeah. Please explain it to me. Can you explain it to me? Like, can somebody help me? And if y'all, and listen, and if there's somebody out there who thinks they know, you know, we have a comment section in our YouTube. Go to the YouTube page and put, I know the CBA has changed and stuff like that. Um, but we're talking about a guy. Let me be fully clear. We're talking about a guy that came to us supplementally, and he was only getting like $850,000, $950,000, I think, uh, a year when he first got drafted. And they gave him most of that right away, okay? After he had that ridiculous season, I said to myself, I said, if this dude has a regular, he don't have to have that kind of season again. If he has a regular season, they come and looking for an extension because I would too. He didn't even make it out of the season before he was suspended. Bro. And the crazier thing is no one in the national media is questioning his reinstatements. They just act like it's normal. It's like, okay, he's back. God damn it, it's happened 16 times. They're they're like oh they're like oh okay oh he's getting reinstated all right perfect it's right it's one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen it's all I won't say it's a mockery I won't I won't do that I won't go that far I'm just confused I don't know what I don't understand it must understand. be you know what I think a couple of times I think what now that I think about it that may have saved him was that he voluntarily took himself out a couple of times. And maybe him voluntarily well, taking himself out. How many times does that work, though, bro? It has to be something in that CBA and the rules or something. And I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying, because I agree. I thoroughly agree with that. I think he, because he, every, probably the last two or three times that he's gone out, he's gone out on his own. Yeah, he knows but, that drug policy. Like, yeah. Like Satan yeah. or the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> He know, he know that thing frontwards and backwards. He has to. <laughs> oh. Yeah, see, okay, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. Because that's <laughs> I'm, I'm like sitting here like this, like, are you kidding? This dude is coming back. I, I won't forget when they picked him up, when Seattle said, yo, we just gonna keep him on the roster. And I was saying to myself, like, why? Man, Roger Goodell ain't gonna bring this dude back. Ain't no way. And guess what? Roger Goodell brought this dude back again. I think this Roger has a soft, I think Roger has a soft spot for him for some reason. What too. is it though, bro? You got because when you talk, you know what? Because because when you hear Josh talk in the interview, like A B, like Antonio Brown sounds crazy. When you talk to him, he does. He does. Uh, Josh Gordon doesn't. Josh no. Gordon is the nicest, most intelligent. Listen, I'm telling person you, in the world. I, 
I will agree with that. I will agree with that wholeheartedly because I've talked to him. I've actually had conversations, not a conversation. I've had conversations with Josh Gordon. I have, and I'm not joking. I've literally talked to Josh Gordon more than one time in my life. And every time I talk to the guy, he's the most matter of fact, plain dude you ever want to see. He's regular. Like, it's like if you said to me, hey, man, is that the uh, is that the McDonald's trophy on your chest? Oh, no, that's, a, that's the new national championship trophy, uh, you know, when, when they had to play off. That's what that is. That's it. Like, that's how he talked. Like, it ain't – I'm not saying nothing out of pocket. He wow. says regular stuff. The only thing he said out of pocket to me, having never played a game because he, when he got supplementally drafted by the Browns, he was on suspension. He didn't play right away. And here he is in this spot. I ain't going to blow his spot up. But here he is in this spot. And I'm right there, like literally next to him. And he's telling me, all them dudes need to do is give me the rock. That's it. That's all. I, again, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing and the most arrogant thing that I had ever heard until I saw this dude actually play. And he was doing everything that he said he was going to do. And when I saw him after that, I said, bro, you told me he was going to kill it. And you know what he said? He gave me that. And he looked me in the face and he said, yeah, because I already knew what I was going to do. Like, he's just a matter. He, that's Josh. It could come off as arrogant, but I think Josh thinks highly of himself. The problem yeah, I mean, is the, because he has... In, in any other type situation, you know, all things being equal, he has Hall of Fame talent. Like, seriously. Like, for those, you know, for our one and a half listeners outside yeah. of Cleveland, yeah, well, we, we, we've seen him play uh, multiple games. And the stuff that we've seen him do is things that we haven't seen any other Browns receiver in history. No one. And, and, and then accomplish. And then he was doing things that we ain't seen no other wide receiver do, like period. Right. And it, the sad yeah. part about it is we would get doses of three or four games sporadically. Yep. Here and there. I remember the 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 last year who Jackson was here when he yep. played that first game against. We hadn't played. Man, he was out of shape. Um, barely got reinstated. That dude, he made one of the most spectacular catches in that game I've ever yep. seen. I remember. Had like it wasn't nothing because it wasn't. Then he got cut. Then he got cut. Went to to uh, to New England, New England, and did the exact same stuff. Like went yeah. there, and when he got the ball, when the ball was, he won two or three games for them in a row with his catches. Listen, it's not about this guy not having talent, and apparently, I I, I think that Seattle and that coaching staff understands talent. They drafted DK Metcalf. Uh, they also drafted Russell Wilson. So they understand what talent can do and what talent actually is. Okay. Holding on to Josh Gordon, they understand the talent that this dude got. They didn't do that accidentally. This dude is really that good. My question remember, is 
How the remember, hell is he still in the NFL? And remember, he played in Seattle too uh, for a brief. Season. Yeah. So he's familiar with. He was DK Metcalf before DK Metcalf was DK Metcalf. He was supposed to be the guy. <clears throat> excuse me, that took the top off of that of, of that offense a little bit. It gave Russell Wilson that security blanket that guys couldn't load up the box because you got Josh Gordon out here, you know, uh, you know, on the on the edge. You couldn't do it. Or they, they felt like you weren't gonna be able to do it. So this right. guy went took a took a break, got suspended again, and now he's back a freaking game. I just don't understand how the hell he's back again. I've listen, Morris the cat. Don't have more lives than this. Something. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I am. I am shocked. I am. I am somewhat appalled. <laughs> I never knocked the hustle. So listen, Josh, get your money. I hope everything works out. Because yeah, all in all, man, I want him to be, you know, healthy. I you know, I want you to take care of your daughter, and, and I don't know if yeah. you have any other kids. I want you to do well. So I'm not hating. That's what I mean. Like I'm not hating. I'm just in a world and a ball. Uh, what, what did what did Genesis say? Uh, it's a it's a world of confusion. I am confused. <laughs> right. I don't understand how you're still in the league, or even could potentially think that I'm coming back after this hiatus. So right. this dude could be back in week sixteen and seventeen, and impact those games. Are you kidding? Yeah. Come on, man. I, I just, well, I, I'm blown away by it. I'm, I'm literally blown away by it. But it's it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine with it. Um, Josh, do your thing, man. Don't yeah, have good luck to Josh out. Gordon, man. Like I said, first and foremost, I want him to be healthy. I want him yeah. to be don't have COVID, a bro. Productive uh, citizen. Be a productive citizen, as Sean just said. And go to all your meetings. And by I think I think by I'm looking at my notes real quick. He could do all the strength and conditioning stuff that he wants, but he can't go to practice until like the 21st of December. So okay. he's like two weeks out from that. Uh, what's today? Uh, the third. The today's third. The third. So he's about he's about 18 days away from that. So that's about two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um. I just, you know, I wish you the best, homie. I don't want to see nothing, you know, negative happen. I never, I never did, whether you were playing for us or not. However, bro, take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still confused as how the hell you're still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> just being real, I'm just being honest, man. I was, I, when I saw that today, I was like, what? Wait a minute, what? Roger Goodell, oh, oh my gosh, what is wrong with Roger Goodell? But okay. Let's move on. We're done with the NFL, I think. We have to touch on Ohio State real quick. Uh, they got a game on Saturday. Thankfully, I'm just going to – that's why I got my – So far, sensitively, we have a game. With COVID, who knows? It is, it is very – Now, now the one thing, though – here's the thing, though. Michigan State already had their outbreak before the season started. They had a huge outbreak. Yes, they did. And Ohio State had their outbreak. So maybe it's run its course through the team. And we can go ahead and get this game in. Now, Ohio State's favorite by 24. Um, now, Michigan State, in the history of Ohio State, has always been a thorn in our side. Um, they've knocked us off 
several times when we were on our way to a national championship and here comes Michigan State and we got derailed. I can think of three times, um, three, three really, really big games. The one when, um, I want to say 98, they knocked us off. We, we were ranked number one. Uh, they knocked us off a couple times in the 90s, actually. Yeah, I remember the – you had the Ezekiel Elliott game and he only got like maybe yep. 10 carries. No, that there was, was another one thrown in there too. It was one – it was an overtime game. I think they got us at the shoe. They so do definitely want to take them yeah. lightly. Um, and their coach is a Cleveland Heights native, Mel Tucker. Yes, he, he is. Went to high school. I, I was yeah. – I nobody in high school, so he doesn't know who I am, but I remember watching him playing football. He played quarterback in, in high school, so I remember watching him. So I and do want to see him the, succeed, just not this week. Uh, Mel was also on uh, the Browns. He was a defensive coordinator for the yes. Browns. Yep, sure was. So, you know, shout out to Mel being from the area, being a Clevelander, uh, you know, living in this area and, and supporting this area and, and, and showing up. So shout out to Mel, uh, except for this one. Now here's the thing that I here's the thing that worries me, right? They're saying that Ohio State has to play two more games to qualify for the play or for the Big Ten championship. Here's what I'm worried about. Last game of the season is against Michigan. Michigan could screw us by just saying we're not playing the game. I would not put it past them. To do bro, that, bro. Now here's where, here's where, being an independent show, we're not, we're not, uh, we don't need the influx of outside folks to tell us what we need to say or how we need to say it. Kirk Herbstreit said the same thing. Did he? Yeah. He basically said. Michigan is avoiding playing that game against Ohio State. And he ended up having to go back in and make an apology. (laughs) This is one of the awesome things about (laughs) doing your own show. I don't have that problem. I'm cool with anybody because I know how them ho-ass dudes from uh, the team up north might be. They want to screw us in any way that they can because they can't beat us. And they already know if they play this game against us with Justin Field, uh, this year the game would the game would be here this year, right? Well, I can check really quickly. I think so. Yeah, I think the game is here this year. I take much yeah, it is here. I take much pride in beating them in the big house. I, I mean, I take so much pride in beating them in the big house, but those gold pants mean so much to everybody that's on that team, every Ohio State player and all that stuff. So, and for those of you who don't know, the gold pants, they get this little pendant that you can put on a chain uh, when you play Michigan and beat Michigan. So I don't think any team in the last uh, 200 years have, has not gotten one of those pendants because right. we now – hell out of them you know every year now i think if it's up to harbaugh he'd play the game if it, if, I don't if it's up that. to the, I don't believe that for two seconds i, think I don't if it's believe up to him he would play harbaugh, I think he'd play. 
at this point, Harbaugh needs whatever the hell he needs to be the football player. And that might be his last. And here's the thing: that might be his last stand as a Michigan coach is to somehow pull off an upset upset against Ohio State. Now, the president and the board of regents, whoever it is up there in Ann Arbor, they'll be the ones to say that we're not playing this game. So we're gonna see how that shakes out, man. But I would not put it past them. That would be the ultimate screw job. Now, the question is, though, here's here's the question. The question is, is if Ohio State does not play in the Big Ten championship, where the college football playoff still put us in it. So, I mean, so so if we can still go to because, the playoffs without playing in a Big Ten championship game, then screw it. I don't care well, what they do at that point. You know what? Because I thought, I honestly thought that when we didn't play this week, that that might affect how we showed in the playoff rankings. I did. I actually, right. uh, anybody who follows us, on uh, Facebook and Instagram, I, I literally said that. I said, man, I ain't sure how this is gonna affect the the rankings or whatever, but we still ended up being fourth this week. But I think they just gave us four. They did. Because we're Ohio State. I really That's don't true. think that what we've shown, just being honest, I don't think, that what we've shown has given us the fourth place without playing. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that beating, uh, you know, a team that we're way better than would have proven that we were way better than them and that gives us the fourth spot. I'm not saying right. that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is- I agree with you. It's, it's always the eye test. They always do the eye test, correct, Sean? It's always about the eye test. So my thoughts were, us not playing, we don't give the eye test to anybody who could refute what we're going to do. Right. Well, we he, 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 here's what's working in Ohio State's favor, though. So below us is Texas A&M. Eh, you know, talk about eye tests, eh, you know, and you got Florida. I no, I agree with that, bro. I agree with that. Yep. You know, Florida is like, eh, you definitely not taking Cincinnati. Because and then underneath them is Georgia. So I think, yeah. So, so I think if Ohio State now the only way Ohio State gets bumped out of there if we have a poor showing against Michigan State, if we somehow just eke out a win against Michigan State, but if we go in there and we blow them out by thirty five, hold up, you said the Lions what twenty four and a half? Yeah, twenty four. I think just twenty four. Okay. So if we go out there and impressively just beat them down um, by a large margin, I think we'll be fine uh, whether we play Michigan or not. Now, if we eat and squeeze by and have a poor showing, even if we win, that's when, you know, not playing a couple of games can hurt us at that point. Because after that, because really underneath Ohio State, you know, besides Texas A&M, it's really nobody you know, I guess people are saying BYU can make an argument. You know, but but BYU ain't beat nobody. Not really. That'd no, be a huge I mean, but now if Ohio State doesn't play in the Big Ten championship, they can use that as an excuse. Right. Throw us in there and put somebody. No, 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 no you're right. No, you're right. And you look at the number of games they play. Like BYU's played nine games. That's the only problem. That and that's where I was, but when I said what I said. We haven't played enough games. We're four and zero, 
four and oh and 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 it's December third. <laughs> right. That's that's paltry, bro. To still one of your words. That's paltry. <laughs> right. Like we haven't played enough games. I know that we look pretty solid in, 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 in the majority. I'll say we look good in 75% of our games. We had a game that I was like, man, what the hell are we doing? What is the defense doing? Like our our, D, our uh, defensive backfield was getting cooked in the, you know, in our last game. Right, we actually, uh, Indiana. We got cooked. You know, Pettis, uh, shout out to Mike Pettis. Uh, I'm sorry, Penix. Penix, yeah, he um, tore his right. So shout out to, to Mike Penix. Uh, you know, that kid, I, I don't I don't wish ill on no kids. They're kids at the end of the day. I'm 46. These dudes are 18, 19, 20 years old. They're kids. I got a kid their age. So uh, shout out to him. I hope his recovery goes well. Uh, really good quarterback. I, I, I think I likened him to Russell Wilson. Uh, very smart kid, very athletic kid. I hope everything goes well. Kind of screws Indiana up in terms of their bowl hopes because you don't have. He he was a solid piece of why they were what they were and, and, and where they were. But uh, you know, I just hope that uh, you know Ohio State can figure it out if we can get these next two games in, and then go to the you know Big Ten championship and play against whoever uh, is on the, on the, uh, on the other side right. of that, whoever they, you know, however that works out as these games continue to play out, uh, hopefully we can get there and win that game and it, it won't be an issue. But I right. think at the end of the day, fans or no fans, I think that the NCAA still wants, because that's viewership. They still want Ohio State there. It's viewership. NCAA is all about money. They don't give a shit who wins. They want the money. Even so if they can create controversy, like yeah, you can say, well, Ohio State yeah, doesn't deserve bro. to go. And you already know the national media already hates Ohio State Test as it is. Test that. That's okay. You know, but it is what it is. Um, and I see why BYU, why people like them, man. They've literally beaten the hell out of everybody they've played. I mean, they beat Navy 55 to 3. Troy 48 to 7. Louisiana Tech 45 14. The problem is who they play. 43 26. Boise 51 17. But that's going to be the problem is who they play. Nobody's going to yeah. gonna say, now I'm not I'm not hating on them at all. I'm not just saying. I'm just, you know, like in terms of how these guys think, in their minds, they're like, yeah, but can you, you're not going to beat Alabama. 52 to, right. to, to 17. Well, they, they have a ranked game Saturday. They got a ranked game Saturday. They they played the, the vaunted number 18, Coastal Carolina. I didn't even know Coastal Carolina was even Division <laughs> One school. Let alone, that's how wacky 2020 is when freaking Coastal Carolina is ranked 18. How is that even possible? What's their mascot? How are the Bearcats number five? That's crazy. Well, that I, I can understand that a little bit more than Coastal Carolina. Here's why I can. Only because, to me, now, basketball-wise, yes. And this is just a wacky year. In a regular year, would they be ranked number five? That's my question. Probably. They, right. Year, you're right. 
in a regular year, would they be ranked number five? No, probably not. Now, Coastal Carolina is called the Chanticleers. Yep. Which, based on this logo here, is a damn rooster. They are so the football team. Look, basically, they're the Gamecocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the Carolinas got something going on with this weird obsession. What rooster? What what is it with? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with roosters in the Carolinas? <laughs> Coastal Carolina Chanticleers are ranked number 18 in the nation. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. All right, man. So well, wait, right, what's so next on our docket? So let's so let's skip past the NFL. We've been NFL heavy for the last hour and a half or so. <laughs> I think I think I've given you guys a simple idea of who we are as individuals. One of the characteristics, uh, characteristics, I'm sorry, that we have here between the two of us, one of us, one of us is a uniform snob. If you listen to the show, you know what proud of that is. Proud of it. <laughs> So, Big Sean, my homie, one of my best friends, like, for life, my brother, I love this dude, man. This dude is the most ridiculous. <laughs> it's not ridiculous. You, it, is, it is ridiculous, bro. He doesn't give any uniform, any opportunity. Like, I have to, you see my backdrop? I have to pick my backdrops right. Because if I pick my backdrops wrong, Sean is gonna give me grief about my backdrops. Yeah, I'm you got a team you. with an ugly uniform on. Yeah, see, I'm gonna say something. You see what I'm saying? Say it again, Sean. I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't hear you. Yeah, if you have a, anything with an ugly uniform in the background, I'm gonna critique it. I'm gonna dog it. You're absolutely right. Because to me, that messes up the whole aesthetic on TV when you're watching the game. When you have a team just with the most ridiculous stuff on, it just messes up the whole thing. Because teams nowadays they go too far. They go too far with everything. Like um, I give you an example, even like with the court decorations now and in, in, in basketball. How like Oregon? Oregon stuff was so messed up. He was giving people epileptic seizures because they had them like that force. That force. It was a force on the on, on the court. On the court, it looked awful. I like kids it. having seizures from watching the dog on dope. basketball. Nobody game. thought nobody was gonna have no seizure, but I thought it was dope. No, it was awful. It didn't look See? right. It doesn't See? pop on television. See? See? Just like the Cavs when they had that stupid thing that one year where they had like the skyline like all painted up in the back. I like that. Court. It was awful. It was tacky. I like the skyline on the yeah. damn court. We won the you championship. Need all of that. All you need is a logo in the middle of the court. We want to have a on the side of the thing. That was dope. That's it. It had the Cleveland skyline. Come on, man. Crazy. It's terrible. It was so going too far. And that leads us into so now. <laughs> so that does lead us right into the city edition Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. So as much of a grump as my co-host is. I'm actually going to have to jump on his team on this one. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the Cavs' new jerseys. If you haven't, 
please go check out our Facebook page or our Instagram page, uh, Two Guys and a Mic 206, because and I you have- You can them. personally view the abominations yourself. <laughs> you can go- Matter of fact, I'm not even watching them. When they, when they put those jerseys out, for real, listen, I'm not even watching those games. Listen to me. When you talk about, and, and, and this is a guy who's not a uniform snob, I give him a shot. These could be the worst uniforms I've ever seen in my life. They are horrendous. They are horrendous. And then and then I find out, I didn't know this ahead of time. And Sean's going to love this. I don't know if Sean knows this. But when the Cavs wear these jerseys, the court will reflect what they have on. How? So the court, the court will look like it. They got a whole court set up for when they wear these jerseys that the court, the C in the middle of the court, a half court will be the C on this jersey. And they got all kind of other stuff going around, going on on the outside of this. It's, all right. It's off. Here, here's my issue. And this, this is my issue. It's all I'm issue with a lot. Of, first of all, ever since they've come out with this dumb idea of these city edition jerseys for every team, the Cavalier city edition jersey has looked ugly every single year so the first one we had was they just had the land on the front of the jersey and they were all gray it was supposedly representing the guardians when you go across the but i was okay with that those jerseys were ugly because nobody I was, I was okay with that i was okay okay no, I, was, I didn't say they were great i was okay ugly then no, last would year rather, would you rather have this or or what or the I don't want any of them. Just wear the regular stuff that we have. That's fine. But you got to do a city edition. No, you don't. So now last year, we had them ugly blue and white. I don't know what those things were. Was supposed to represent wintertime in Cleveland. I don't something like that. They were awful. Awful. They were awful. Now here's the thing. Other teams that other teams have, have awful city edition jerseys, but at least they match the motif of the city. Now, as ridiculous as those Miami Vice jerseys are that the Heat wear, at least that goes with, with the city. That goes with what the city does, man. Uh, one year, and Minnesota needs to keep these. They need to bring these back. When they had the purple rain, yep. the city of those were raw. Yeah, those now, the ones they had last year were awful. I don't know what they were thinking with those, but that's neither here nor there. Who, who do they hire and how much do they pay? Because I'm in. If what you exactly. want... If what you want is a ransom note across a jersey, I got you. I'll cut out every uh, out of every newspaper. You know, give you a higher a uppercase letter, a lowercase letter, and make it look like I'm the most ridiculous. I am the Unabomber, serial those, killer. Those ass. jerseys look like a scene out of um, what was seven. that movie? Out of seven. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. Now, here's the thing. Now, because Cleveland is the rock and roll city, we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What they did was they took the lettering from different logos of bands that are in the Hall of Fame and took one letter out of their logo and pieced it together, which is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. Because unless you tell somebody that, nobody knows it. I don't want to have to look at a jersey and then decode it. To figure out what they're trying to do. Get your little orphan Annie decoder uh, yeah. thing. 
Right. So evidently it combines like the Sex Pistols, David Bowie, NWA, uh, ACDC, something all like that, man. But it, but they're they're horrible. And, 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 and Larry Nance modeled them, and Larry Nance was looking at them. They're just, just bad. Awesome. And I just want to know who they, they used to do focus groups back in the day when you would, you know, try to. I guess they don't do that anymore. I guess they don't mm-hmm. care. But you know what, though? Fans are going to buy it, they're going to make money off of it. As listen, it's something different. As my dude said, uh, shout out to my homie Dave Ramsey. He said, them things look like something that the bootleg guys outside the stadium yeah. tell you. <laughs> and that's exactly what the hell it looks like. <laughs> like, 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 like Brub Man outside the Witty Hutton Yeah, with the Witty Hutton. He got the Witty Witty Hutton concert. <laughs> he got the Witty Huttons. <laughs> right, running with the slow bob. Them, you know. <laughs> he got the slow bob. <laughs> Listen, those jerseys could be the and I'm usually the optimist out of the two of us. I'm here to tell you, when I saw those jerseys, I said, no, those can't be real. I saw and the colors, like, and the colors have nothing to do with anything. It doesn't have, a, I understand the whole, I want to try to keep it rock and roll with Cleveland. Okay, we are the rock and roll city. I get it. I get it. But when we're talking about trying to make a, a statement as a, as a team, is this the statement that you want to make? I'm saying no. All they had to do, man, was go back and get that old Cleveland Rockers kind of like logo with the guitar and put it Cleveland across the chest with the guitar. Or an, an, electric, an, an electric Cleveland like in a guitar type thing. Something and like that. And I'm, kept, I'm, it, I'm, kept it, kept it, kept it. Hell, you could have, and I hated these. But you could have easily just went back to the old school when the Cavs moved down to the gun. And yeah, I said the gun. I did, that wasn't a mistake. When the Cavs moved down to the gun and they had those party favor ass uniforms, you could have did that. I would have been okay. They brought those back. Remember, they brought those back last year as a throwback. I know, and they suck. However, people I actually liked them too. People was like, oh, I love those uniforms. I was like, those were the worst uniforms. Like as far as the, the base uniform, those, those were the worst ones in the history of the Cavaliers. They were awful. Those with uniforms, that stupid, those, like as with, with that, with that, that, that stupid exploding basket. That reminds me, freaking. You don't have nobody who scored like that. Mark Price was here, but he wasn't doing that no more. Barely. I mean, he was going. He wore them jerseys for one year. Yeah. He was out there. So, that, that reminds me of Bob Sura and Chris Mills and Chris Gatling. Yep. It's a just a bunch of just mediocre forty win teams that weren't going anywhere. That's what that era reminds me of. That uh, and, 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 that was and the year, that was the era that we that we got uh, Terrell Brandon. That was the era that we drafted him. And he you know what Terrell player. Brandon actually came behind Mark Price a little bit. So he played kind of like in the old era, and I like you know Terrell Brandon. Terrell Brandon was I like Terrell a lot. I actually thought when we made that trade for Kemp, this goes to show you how different things were back then i was still in alaska at that time so when i heard that we had traded for sean kemp i was super excited i was like like dancing on a freaking ceiling because i knew i was getting ready to go home uh that next uh april so in my mind i'm like man i get to see terrell brandon and uh sean kemp play together that's dope right when i go home 
I went on a what they call a TDY, which is where you have to go uh, temporary duty to some other station. And I found out the next day or the day after that <laughs> we traded to well to get Sean Kemp. I said, so we don't have a point guard? Oh, that's re that's retarded. So you trade the guy that can get Sean Kemp the ball because Sean Kemp needs someone to get him the ball. He's not a, a LeBron James type of power forward dude, a 6'9 guy that can dribble. Yeah, he's an old, old power forward. Yeah, he ain't that guy. So why the hell would you trade your 28 and 10, 28 and 11 guy who Terrell Brandon was at that time? He was an all-star and all that. Why the hell would you trade him to get this guy when you don't got right. a guy to get him the ball? Now, I'll give Sean Kim, Kim credit. Although he, at that point, he pretty much has ate his way out the league. <laughs> he still got that bum team to the playoffs. I don't he know did. how he did it. He did. And he got him close. I don't know how he did it. Times. He got him close two other times. Like, they yep. weren't – They that was a, a combination of Sean Kemp and Mike Fratello. Mike Fratello, Mike Fratello yeah. understood. He, he, he was going to play slow ball. He was going to play small ball. He was going to do everything possible to give his team a chance to win. Mike Fratello was – Mike Fratello is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA. Because I don't think he ever won a championship, but that guy could flat-out coach. He's an underrated coach, man. I like Coach Fratello. I've seen him a, a, a number of times in my life. I've met him every time I meet him. He's cool. He ain't tripping. Yeah, he still lives here, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. At least he has yeah, a house yeah. here. Yeah. I, see I see him it. out and about every now and then. I've seen him often. I've seen him often. And he lives on this side of town. I'm on the uh, far east side of town, uh, close to Euclid. But he lives out this way. I've seen him at like at the Verizon store a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I just, I had to, we had to go into them dance. Cause I knew Sean, I I don't know the Sean song, and I saw him like two or three days ago, and I said to myself, I'm gonna wait this out, cause that's not. The I saw him. I saw him two or three days ago too as a leak, but and I was thoroughly yeah, I disgusted. I ain't want to talk about myself. him. I said to myself, I said, No, nah, I'm not putting that on the page yet. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna wait. I need to make sure that this is what the Cavs is gonna do, right? Because it did look like the guy on the, the bootleg guy on the corner, who's just trying to sell you a Cleveland jersey. So I waited, and guess what? This is it. A professional freaking football, uh, basketball team is going to wear these. <laughs> my city. Come on, bro. Oh, man. Me, dog. Oh, me, man. one thing, too, we got to touch on, too, before we get um, too far, because I know we probably got to wrap it up shortly. Um, the John Wall trade. The John Wall Huge Russell Westbrook trade. Huge. Um, to me, it absolutely makes no sense for either party involved. But a simple fact, they're the same player. Uh, they're roughly the same player. Now, you know, the they're both. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, here's the difference, and here's my issue, because because what I asked online was, who won? Who got the better of that deal of that trade? Right. The only reason that I say Washington is because you basically replace what you lost. That's a good point. And you, you basically replace what you lost. You got a guy who's capable of scoring and handling the ball and, uh, you know, facilitating for guys, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's more durable than uh, what uh, J-Dub has been, John Wall. Agreed. Uh, so you get a 
a little bit of a better guy. I don't know how well that goes for Bradley Bill, though. I, I just don't. I don't know how that works for him. However, I think they got a better piece because going to Houston, I believe that John Wall is going to be unhappy because you they're, they're talking about keeping Harden. So he's the guy who handles the ball the most. So you got to learn how to play off the ball and still work your offense the same way that you generally work your offense. Now, let's and they have the wrong coach probably. But you you need a veteran coach. You need a veteran coach to manage those egos. You need a veteran coach for that kind of stuff because he's going to be getting kind of roughly quote unquote pushed around. Uh, Stephen Silas, that is, going to be getting pushed around by, you know, uh, uh, the beard and his people, uh, James Harden. But John Wall ain't no bum. John Wall ain't a bum. John Wall's problem is he ain't durable. He right. can, he'll get you 50 games. The question is, which 50? Is he going to get you the first 50? Is he going to get you the last 50? Is he going to get you the middle 50? He just isn't a guy that you can – and I love John Wall. Let me explain that, too. John Wall is one of my favorite players in the league. The problem with John Wall is that he's just not durable. So you put him down here where he's not going to have the ball as often, which is what Bradley Bill's issue was. He felt like he needed a guy who didn't have the ball so much, but he just inherited that because that's what Harden wants. He want, he was sick of not being on the ball. He was tired of being off ball because it played into how he shot. So when people tell me that these more athletic players are better, no, they're not, not necessarily. Not when they can't just do regular stuff because they only want to play the way that they want to play. Right. And that's where the problem yeah. is. However, I think that the Wizards got the better of this game. Yeah, I think yeah, when you, when you put it that way, I, I think you're right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, will Harden try to force his way out, trying to get to Brooklyn, like the rumors have been saying. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Yeah. And I guess one of these days, man, probably, I guess we should do it probably right before a tip-off. We need to do an NBA preview and kind of review all the moves and stuff. There's been so much oh, stuff that's sure. going on. So what is this, the third? So training camp, from what I understand, training camp should have just started within the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, so the Cavs' first exhibition game is the 12th against yeah, Indiana. It, so they so said individual workouts were ending today. Team workouts, I believe, start tomorrow. And then, too, you know, you're going to have a lot of COVID issues, too, them not being in the, in the bubble. You know, that's going to be what you're going to have. to do, bro. You yeah, can't you, you want, you're going to have games where superstars are probably missing, you know, a chunk of games this year because of that. So we'll definitely we need to go ahead and pencil that in, man, and do an NBA preview. We'll definitely do uh, a show. Uh an NBA preview show before Christmas because uh I think yeah, the, first do it before games, Christmas. the first games are right before Christmas. The we'll 22nd. Do, we'll do our preview show. For you guys listening, uh, the NBA preview, uh, we'll work on it, but it's going to definitely be within that same week of the 22nd. And also, I mean, before we end our talk about the NBA, shout out to the cast for continuously signing a bunch of people I've never heard of um, in my <laughs> life. So shout out to y'all adding all these unknown guards that I have no idea who they are. When I tell you guys, 
I can't stand and I love my partner all at the same time <laughs> because <laughs> I had no idea he was getting ready to say that. Not, I did not, this is not scripted. And this is one of the problems with having an independent show because we can't no, say- it's not scripted at all. This dude just said that out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, you, Cavaliers. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand the need to get four or five, six, three guys, six, two-ish guys. The only thing I can think of, they're probably, this Okoro kid is probably going to play hybrid. I can see him probably being a two-guard. Well, he's six, what is he, six, four, six, five-ish? He's six, he's six, 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 five, okay. six, six. Okay, okay. Kevin Porter Jr. is six, four-ish, probably more six, three, but they got him listed as small forward slash guard. Everybody so, else is six, three. But you know what, though? But kind of like in a league now, you have this positionless basketball thing going on. But you got to get evidently, right? So, um, I mean, I'm trying to with the projected starting lineup: Drummond. I'm not Nance, even about to. Say. Uh, no, Colin no, Sexton. No, no, Love. Kevin Love is going to start over Nance. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, so Drummond, Love. Small forward would probably be Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Garland. Now, the thing is, with that lineup, we can score. Ain't no defense to stop nobody. Ain't no only defense is Drummond. Potentially. Yeah. If he, if he, that's just going to be interesting, man, because I will say this before COVID, the Cavs are playing very good basketball. They were, they were playing really well. They knocked off a couple of big teams. Didn't we beat L.A.? Uh, I think we did beat them the last I think time we beat the played. Lakers. When LeBron came in town, I think we beat them. So um, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, I know the Cavs are in a tough position. I shouldn't be as hard on them. They're in a rough spot. Nobody's coming here. They're going to get no big-name free agent to come here. Um so they had to do but some serious, do job, which is why you have to do a better job at your picks. Yeah, you have to hit on all your picks to make yeah. it an attractive spot. That's my only. So that's my only issue is that. So so, so we do have to be fair. We do have to be fair and let um, Isaac Coral get on the court before we pass judgment. Even though we didn't like the pick. No, um, and, and, and you got this kid, Dylan Wendler, who they're high on. They're very high on this Wendler kid, but he's. Technically a rookie still. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, we have to, you're right. We do have to to a lot of guy to play, or all those guys to play. Um, they're here now. And like I've always been, maybe I don't like the pick. But when you're in the uniform that I'm gonna root for, I'm just hoping that you know, you know what these guys are prove me wrong. You know what I mean? Like show me where I went wrong in my thought process and I'll be fine with that but until you showed me that I was right we shouldn't have drafted you or we shouldn't have traded for you or we shouldn't have signed you and that's how I'm always going to feel when it comes to any of my teams right uh, but it is what it is man let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up homie we've been at it for a minute so let's, uh, let's hey, you know one thing we didn't do we didn't do our NFL picks man. Uh, we didn't do our NFL picks Okay. Well, people, you gotta stay with us for a few minutes. We gotta do.
So we did the Browns already. So we just need to do four other random games. So let's four other. All right, let's do. I'll pick one, and then you pick one. Let's do. Um, uh, Colts and Texans. So the Colts are going to Houston. Indianapolis is a three and a half point favorite on the road. So I'm going to go with. And the Texans are four and seven. I think they've won two in a row. So I'm going. I'm going Texans straight up on that game. Actually, think that I'm gonna go Texans as well. Okay. I think that's a. I won't say that's an easy call. That's that's a, that, that's a trap game for Indianapolis. I think so too, and that's <clears> and that's and that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now. I think that's a good. Let's see, let's see. So I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Texans. Um. So I'm gonna pick. Detroit Lions who are traveling all so far to Chicago <laughs> to play the Bears. Uh, the Lions are four and seven, and the and the Bears are five and six. And the Bears are reeling right now. I mean, they've they're, they've fallen. They're awful. They've fallen for for grace. Um, Detroit is awful too. Um, did the coaching change? Oh man, the Lions never play well on the road. But the Bears stink. I mean, the Bears offense, they have a pretty good defense, but their offense is, is anemic. So I'm, I'm going to go the Lions. And Chicago is still favored by three, which is surprising. Well, they're that just shows how much faith they have in the Lions going on the road. They're just at home. That's all that is, bro. Yeah. So that offense still. I think uh, Mitchie is starting again. Mitchie Trubisky. Man. It don't matter who they damn quarterback is. They all suck. <laughs> they all suck. All, all of right, them so over there are mediocre to awful. I'm gonna pick the next one. All right, Saints and the Falcons is in Atlanta. The Warriors is a three-point favorite. Now I'm going to surprise people, and I'm going to pick the sorry-ass Falcons. And the reasoning is that I don't trust. Taysom Hill to win three games in a row. That dude is out there winning freelancing. He's literally out there playing street ball. Like it's it's like it's him, eleven receivers, and he the artificial quarterback. That's how he's yeah, out there playing. That's how it looks too, honestly. Like he keeps and, winning, and they yep. they look decent doing it. But I don't see anything that even if the Browns were doing this, these guys would be killing us. But because it's Taysom Hill. They're giving this dude some level of love. I agree with you on that, though. You say you pick one with the Falcons. Now, what I didn't know, you know, the Saints had a number one defense in the NFL. I don't know when that happened or how that happened. I don't know how that happened, but I'm actually going to go with the Saints because of the defense. That's the only thing. Okay. I don't trust. I don't trust what we've been seeing out of the Falcons. The Falcons do the same thing every week. Every week, these dudes lose. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I don't even know why they do it. I can't, like, there's no explanation. I have friends that are Falcons fans and they can't explain it. 
But I, I seeing that and expecting that, I think I'm gonna go with the Saints. Yeah, Even though they don't a play favor. well out of the out of the uh out of the dome. Yeah, but they're playing uh, in another dome now. But they're in another dome. And that's that's exactly where I was going. So I'm gonna go with the Saints. All right. So you can uh, the, the next one. game, the next game or the last game, because we already picked the Browns uh and the Titans game. My next game is the Rams, who are seven and four, are going into Scottsdale down into Arizona to play the Cardinals, who are six and five. Well, the Rams have been a little bit on on a roll, but neither the, neither one of these teams are consistent. Nope, they I are think not. the Cards have lost two games in a row. Ah, oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, Rams are favorite actually on the road by two and a half, which says a lot that Vegas doesn't trust the cards. But I'm gonna go with the home team again. I'm going Cardinals. I think I'm gonna go Rams. Okay. Um, I like you say. I think the Rams being on a quote unquote, if you want to call it that, a roll. Uh, I'm buying. I'm buying that. Um, I think that they're they're just kind of in a spot where I think they know that. Listen, if they lose this freaking game, if they lose this game, the Rams lose this game, they may not make the playoffs. Seven. They four, may not. Yeah, especially being behind Seattle. Yeah, Seattle still winning. They, they may not make the playoffs. So you know what? And I used to like watching the Rams until they destroyed their uniforms. Oh, they're hard to watch well, now. And they seem to be on TV every week. By the way, um, I don't know. It's like, hard. I don't. I don't know what is going. You know what? I'm not going to go on that tangent because we we can be here all night. <laughs> it gets hard to watch. It's got that yellow like glow stick on the side. Yeah, of right I don't know what that thing like, is. Right at the bottom. And then it goes right. up into the blue or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, it's I said awful. the same thing. I didn't want to saw that. I was like, what the hell is that? And it's not on every one of their uniforms, by the way. So if somebody goes and looks at the, their uniform this week, maybe they don't have them on. But they I, I don't know if it's their home uniforms or what, but they have a uniform where the bottom of their numbers are like a, a sunshine yellow. And then it kind of fades into this dark blue, and it is not—it's not dope. It's not dope at all. Just, just keeping it one hundred. It's, oh, it's not. All right, man. So, are you um, have anything else that you wanted to say? I'm done. I don't have anything, anything I wanted to say tonight. I think I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about today. Uh, again, you know, come check us out on our Facebook. On our Instagram, uh, two guys at a mic, the, the number two TWO, and a mic two one six. Come uh, like our pages, come like our posts, come check us out. Um, we also have yeah, like YouTube I said page. before, interact with us a little bit. We'll be more than happy. Yeah, for sure. I try to interact with everybody who says anything or likes anything. I try to interact. I try to make it interactive. Uh, we try to make it interactive as well. So come check us out again, uh, our YouTube page, come subscribe, come comment, come like it. It's two guys in a mic, 216 at, uh, you know, uh, YouTube. And of course our uh, audio streaming, we have uh, Anchor, we have Google Podcasts, we have Apple Podcasts, 
And we also have Spotify. Come check us out. Two guys and a mic, 216. We're there. We're there for y'all. But ultimately, we're there for us. So, I'm, you know, I think that's my spiel. Sean, I'm done. Love you, homie. Have a All good right, Love week. you too, man. Yeah, have a good rest check of the week. In. Check you in on Sunday, man. Yes, sir. Go Brown. Right. Go Brown. Go State. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.